Welcome to The Marketer's Journey, a podcast that delivers real conversations and fresh perspectives from senior marketing executives who share the journey they've taken and the buyer journey they create. And now here's your host, Randy Frisch. Welcome to The Marketer's Journey. I'm Randy, and today I've got Jennifer Anaya. Now, Jen is the SVP of Marketing at Ingram Micro. Now, Ingram Micro is a massive organization, 57 billion in revenue, and 35,000 employees around the world and in the supply chain world. And this is an area that we often associate as very old school. But I got to tell you that today we're going to talk all about change. And I think the entrepreneurial mindset of the company as a whole of people like Jen is really what's allowed Ingram to remain relevant today. And I think that's a a big trend that a lot of us are always looking at with the rise of technology, with the importance of startups, is how do companies that have dominated for so long remain relevant in this changing world? I mean, a world that's changed so much in the last number of months alone, given the COVID experience that we've all had to live through. Now we touch on different areas today. We look at Jen's career where she's gone through changes herself. You know, she came up through an entrepreneurial family and we talked the two of us beforehand about you know, what that brought for her in terms of seeing her parents sit at the table and think about every aspect of a business. And I think that's something you'll see that she brings in to the way she runs the company today along her path through her journey. Without further ado, here we go. My chat with Jen and I. Hey, Jen, thanks so much for finding time to talk to us about your career. Now, as as people looked you up and looked up Ingram Micro, they probably thought, okay, this is someone working in a massive organization who loves big companies, but you define yourself more as an entrepreneur. Help us Help us understand the connect or disconnect there or whatever it works out. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Um, yes, Ingram Micro as a company is a $57 billion company completely in a wholesale B2B market. Uh, and why I define myself as an entrepreneur is that I actually lead marketing for uh, technology solutions business unit inside this company, which is the 50 billion of the 57. So it's a huge, huge organization globally. But I also lead a marketing business inside of that called Agency Ingram Micro, where we function just like a marketing or advertising event planning, digital, all of those things, agency combined inside of this giant, massive company. So I'm an entrepreneur within a big corporate organization. That's interesting. And, you know, one of the one of the parts you told me ahead of time is that there's a lot of, of being an entrepreneur that's part of Ingram Micro's core values and culture, but also same for you. Maybe you can help us understand like when you first understood what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I grew up at the kitchen table listening to my parents every night talk about, you know, what was going on in the business and, you know, things that went, went really well and some of the new things they tried out. They ran a, a landscape maintenance business in Southern California for many years. It had a little over 200 employees. So it was quite a large business for the time. And you could imagine with something like that, There's a lot that happens in terms of, you know, where should I invest? 
How do I grow this business? Who are my competitors? How do I make payroll every month? And those are the things that are on most small business owner minds. In addition to, you know, really, what am I going to do to make this business significant to the customers that I'm doing the business for? So I feel like between those conversations and what I learned along the way, along my career path, I I got a chance, for example, my first job out of college was working at K-Swiss, the tennis shoe company. <laughs> and I started a couple months before it went public. So how cool is that? I basically started out a job out of college where they handed me some trade publications and some other fashion publications and said, all right, you're our first PR manager. Go do PR. And I was like, okay. Right. And I learned a lot from that. And then when we went public as a company, I got to have a seat at that table to understand what that process was about and how a a company goes public and what it means. So that was just like learning by fire out of the gate. That's that's great context. And especially right out of your career to see that experience and, you know, be in PR nonetheless, where you're going to have to talk about that experience. So must understand what what the company was going through. And, and you bring up a, an interesting concept there that I think a lot of marketers as well-versed as we are, we don't have to think about some of the other aspects of how the business is run beyond the budget that we have. How do you try and ensure that members of your marketing team, I think you have close to 200 marketers on your direct team, you know, how do you make sure that they're getting a taste of that? It's a great question. So In my role now, um, overseeing all the marketing across technology solutions, I play, I wear a couple different hats. So I wear the traditional marketing hat, which is how do I help our company market ourselves to our customers? How do we help go find new customers, create demand generation? How do we manage our brand? Um, And all of that goes along with that and traditional PR and corporate communications and things like that. In addition, I also wear a hat of, you know, marketing is one of the ways that a distribution company gets paid. So what do I mean by how we get paid? We often earn um, co-op accrued dollars on what we sell as a distributor. And that is like the old school distribution model. What's happened in the last probably seven to eight years is, you know, we've got a lot of companies that don't necessarily want to pay a distributor based on that model. They want to pay a distributor based on outcomes, on what we're delivering for them in terms of sales or marketing or in other ways. So Ingram has positioned ourselves more as a business partner inside of this technology industry, helping the companies that make the technology get really clearly uh, positioned and settled from a sales standpoint to the companies that help make that technology work and work better. And Ingram is, is sort of the mediator in between all of that. So we're able to create outcomes as part of all that, that we can then get paid on and marketing's one of them and really helping to position the company in the sales channel better or helping to deliver on what um, loyalty and enabling those partners, those those customers to sell more and to be able to support their brand all the way through down to those people buying that technology. So there's a lot of ways that we play a role in this ecosystem. And my team is involved in either helping to provide that as a service or helping Ingram Micro to 
market that better as we uh, change and grow and expand as a company. It's interesting. It, it, it sounds like so many different stakeholders you know, in your organization, both internal and external. And, and I'm curious, you know, what is in your mind in, in an organization like Ingram, where you, you've actually had two tours of duty? If people looked at LinkedIn, they'll see, you know, what is the best way to learn the different elements of that business to truly understand, you know, how do I contribute to so many different stages? I, I think that's a tricky thing sometimes in these organizations where we're not just selling to a consumer, right? Where it's like, here's how we build the product. What are they going to buy? Are they happy? You have to think about different different levels in a sense. Yeah, it's really a great question because how I got um, connected with Ingram Micro is through, uh, I was a director at a PR agency and Ingram was our client. And so I was asked to kind of step in and help to manage this account. And the more I learned, first, I'm like a distributor. Okay. Right. And the more I learned, the more I understood really the, the value and just the complete opportunity that existed, not only just in the tech industry itself. Um, I had played a little in the tech industry prior to Ingram Micro, but also just in the sheer opportunity that we had as a company to really drive change and to lead change. And that excited me because uh, at the core of kind of who I am is I feel like I'm a change agent. It's one of the things I've always done throughout my career. And it's something that I embrace and really love to be a part of. So I saw that opportunity out of the gate and being the head of um, PR globally in that initial role and then understanding the corporate communication side, I had to play a role in how do we communicate this? How do we get people to understand the role we are playing, that we're not just, you know, moving boxes from point A to point Z. We're we're actually creating, there's a lot of financing, there's a lot of business enablement and uh, marketing and other things that we're doing, that all sales that go along with all of that. How do we communicate that better? So from that, moving into more of a role where I played that marketing communications lead inside of the big giant U.S. organization got me even a closer view, not just like the bird's eye view. I actually got to play a seat at that table from a leadership standpoint on how we were really starting to build and strategically invest in the company. And then how then do we communicate it and market it better and or provide better service as a marketing agency? And now as in this role, I'm able to really help connect dots because today Ingram Micro does business in what, 68 countries, but we're all the same company. So what could we be doing to help our customers who want to work globally or want to work across many different countries or regions to be able to do that in a better way, um, using us as a business partner? and enabler for them to, to do business globally or outside of their region. That's really interesting. I love the way you frame that of, of being a partner and, and thinking about the trickle-down effect of change. So it's an area that we'll probably hit on a little bit more. We're going to take a quick break here on the marketer's journey with Jen, and we will be right back talking more about the buyer journey. Want to improve the buyer journey for your customers and your prospects? Look no further than our presenting sponsor, Uberflip. Named a leader in content experience by G2 and a leader in content activation by Forrester, Uberflip will help you accelerate every buyer journey by creating bingeable experiences that will allow your prospects to consume more content 
faster. Companies like Trimble, Wiley, and 3M are using Uberflip to power their go-to-market strategies, and we created one just for you. Head to uberflip.com journey to see how Uberflip can help you leverage the power of personalized content experiences. Chatting with Jen about the idea of being an entrepreneur or finding your entrepreneurial spirit, regardless of where you work, really triggered me. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs for sure. My grandfather started a business which became very successful that he, together with his sons, my dad being one of them, helped grow. And it, it was exciting for me to watch that, to see the different areas of the business that you can control when you have the power to make change quickly. And I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with today. It's why the appeal of a startup, whether you're starting that business yourself or you're joining at a point where you can shape the direction that that business may or may not go. But it's also important for larger organizations. And I think, you know, chatting with Jen today gives me perspective to the importance of having a mindset around change in organizations, especially one like Ingram that's doing 57 billion in revenue. You think about how hard it's got to be to make changes in an organization that size. And there's a great book that I'm sure a lot of us have read along the way called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. And it, it really goes into the importance of thinking about how you can be an entrepreneur or how you can own what's in front of you, regardless of what company or what size you may be with today. I think that's something for us all to think about as we talk about our careers and where we're going to land next. We are back here with Jen and Naya, and Jen, we are talking about change. And I, and I like the way you described your career has been being an entrepreneur in a big organization. Being an entrepreneur is often about driving change. Now, the industry you're in, I'm sure, has really undergone a lot of change. I mean, the, the idea of supply chain has changed so dramatically in the last number of years in terms of how we connect with buyers. And I'm sure COVID especially has put some twists on the expectations of you as a partner. How do you rally your your team in a time where you got to change sometimes overnight? Yeah, great question, Randy. I would say that, you know, over the last three years in our industry, we've seen a lot of change in who's buying the technology. Okay, so it used to just be traditionally our customers who are, system integrators or uh, service providers or what they call solution providers providing multi-tenants of a technology solution. They're used to talking to the heads of IT, CIOs, directors of IT, people who understand their language. They speak the same language. And over the last three years, maybe even arguably a little bit longer, how that's changed is technology is being purchased by business leaders. So people like head CMOs, heads of marketing, um, people, heads of customer service, leaders who really want to use technology to either give them a competitive edge or help make their teams more efficient or to be able to do things maybe they weren't able to do without the technology enabling them to do that. And so those decisions now involve a lot more people. And they involve also a lot more 
need from our customers to have to speak to the business outcome of that technology and not the cool factor or the really great sort of technical expertise about what it is that that company is buying. So that's been a big change, a sea change. And what we've done to as a team to help our partners with that is to really start talking about what the business is using this technology for and to bring more business leaders in to talk about why they make decisions, how they're making decisions. And we're doing now and with COVID, that's all online. So content and understanding, really talking to those leaders via podcast like yours, or in video formats, or in an experiential sort of events where we can have some networking and some dialogue happening. So that's been a big change overnight. But I tell you that that change has been evolving over the last couple of years. So as, as you hit on there, there's, there's kind of two areas of change. There's, if you will, persona or industry or the type of buyer. How have you reorganized your team to go from, we got to hit this CIO as an example. And as, as people are listening, we can all think of who our buyer might be, you know, five years ago versus the segmentation that we've got to think about now. How have you structured your teams, though, to adapt from all on this one person to perhaps spreading out more and thinking more about the buyer at hand? Yeah, so our team is structured in a couple of ways. One is really understanding what that sort of manufacturer or software developer of the technology, it needs to be able to communicate best with their sales channel. So Ingram Micro is sitting in between those folks making the technology and those folks that are making it work better, right? So that sales channel is the making it work better part. So we are, are aligned on really helping them tell their story and tell the reasons why those entrepreneurial companies need to adopt their technology solution as part of what they offer. So there's a lot of that and education that has to happen in between just those two audiences so that they're better connected and more aligned on going down to market. Then as the changes happen where we really need to understand and talk more to the end users who are buying it, there's a lot of more digital um, capability, tools, processes, just different skill sets that we've had to bring in and invest and train in the team to be able to enable those customers to be more digitally savvy in how they're engaging with those end customers down the line and what content they want to consume, how to use marketing automation tools. In some cases, we have customers, although that's changed a lot in the last probably 12 to 24 months, don't have websites, right? So if you don't have a website, how do you execute a digital marketing strategy? So things like this of getting them more prepared to be able to market themselves um, and the capabilities and value they're providing down to those end customers who are buying their services. It's, it sounds like, again, back to this idea of change and, and being ready to, to adapt a team. You know, how do you, how do you blend it? And you hit within your answer there, so I'm curious. How do you blend bringing in new talent who can do this versus investing in the talent you have to, to get them ready for the modern day to, that they have ahead? Yeah, it, we have incredible team. I mean, I have to say, I'm sure you're not the you know, first to hear this. I'm sure every CMO gets on and talks to you about how incredible their team is. And it matters a lot, 
especially in marketing, I would tell you that our team is very resilient and, and very adaptable. And so that is an, a benefit and asset that we have at Ingram Micro because we have a team that is willing and ready and eager to take on some new things and really learn. It's just exposing them to what the possibilities are, how things could work differently, or what what training, what capabilities or skills do they need to bring on to be a part of that new thing, right? And then where you figure out how to hire is in areas where it's completely net new to all of us, and we need to hire that expertise to come in and really show us the way, you know, help us understand what it is we're missing or how to do what we're doing maybe faster and at maybe a better, high, higher quality level or at a better scale. No, absolutely. I, I think that's, that's a great tip. And I, and I think, you know, it ties back to that career path discussion we were having at the beginning here, where I think that becomes the rule of a CMO, a VP of marketing to say, it's not just on me to figure out our strategy. It's on me to make my people better, yeah. which it sounds like is, has been a big part of your role. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, we sit, you know, we are, we're able to attract some great talent coming in and we, we sort of serve to a certain extent as a great training ground, because think about this at Ingram Micro, you have a bird's eye view to literally thousands of different technology manufacturers, software developers, all kinds of cool factor technology going on, right? You got a view of that. And you also get to know a lot of people inside of those companies. So, you know, there's a lot of relationship building that happens within just the way we normally do business. So we tend to be a great training ground. So our challenge is how do we keep these people? How do we keep them involved in our company on a longer term basis? And what can we be doing to show them their career opportunity inside of Ingram Micro and how it can be just as great here as it could be outside of our four walls somewhere? And that's where I feel like the advantage we have is we have a marketing agency business. So if you're compelled to want to work at an agency, hey, we've got a big one that you can come work inside. right? And we've got a great branding organization. We've got a great PR um, team. We've got an excellent team that's helping us build programs and digital and build out our capability. So we've got a lot of pieces that they can play in, you know, throughout their career to try out new things and to learn and grow and expand their own career path. I love that. And and I think on that, we'll, we'll take a, a short break and end this piece because you know, expanding people's career path, you know, whether whether we're talking millennials, we're talking anyone at any stage of their career is always their goal. Uh, so it's great that that's, that's built in and ingrained and it comes back to that entrepreneurial mindset you've got. We'll, we'll find out as well how amid all that training, all that busyness, you take time for yourself right after this short break on the marketer's journey. So we're talking a lot about change here. And the question is, how much of this is talk? How much of it is real? So I'm going to tell you a true story. Ingram Micro is a company that we at Uberflip get to work with on a regular basis. And I'm going to give a call out to a couple of people there who I think are awesome. One is Emily Ward. The other is Jennifer Villers. And the two of them 
are really pushing for change. And I think it speaks to everything that Jen and I is talking about here, which is, you know, embrace the opportunity to educate the people that you work with. I've been brought in to their company a couple of times to do talks, to do keynotes, not just to their own team, but some of the other businesses that they work with on a day in and day out basis. And I think, you know, as we talk about the importance of change, it's one thing to get up there and say, we're going to make changes to our company. It's another thing to invest and to make the time to educate those around you. Now, there's a lot of ways that we can do that with our buyers, with our organizations. A big part of that is doing things like kickoffs with your team, making sure that part of those kickoffs is helping them understand the business you're in, what's happening around. The other way, of course, is events. I know events today feel like a very far distant way away. But of course, there's virtual events that we can invest in to bring our buyers together, to bring our partners together. And these are things that we have to do more and more. So big kudos to everything and everyone at Ingram Micro uh, who's doing this so well and figure out how you can bring this into your organization. Hey Jen, so we've broken down your career, the buyer journey, a lot of talk about change. How do you break talking of change from the busyness of a executive life to ensure that you've got time for family, for yourself, just taking that break? <laughs> I laugh because it is not easy. And anyone would tell you that, you know, <laughs> oh, it's all about work-life balance. Yeah, there is no work-life balance. It's an ongoing balancing act, no matter what's going on. So, I mean, really what I do is I, I try, I do a couple things just to be a great mom and a great wife is I ask my family when I get schedules at the beginning of the school year, I say, what are the most important things that I need to be a part of? You know, what are important to you, whether it's things at school or things sports wise, my uh, oldest daughter is a, a competitive soccer player. My youngest daughter loves to ride horses. So like, what is it that you need mom to be at? And then I build that into my schedule starting out. And then the next thing that I do is really look at where can we take time together and have quality time? Like I'm going to unplug and not look at my email, not you know be obsessed with something that's happening, just really some quality time. And and then I also look at taking sort of breaks along the way for myself and what I can be doing. I love to entertain. It's one of my favorite things. I love to uh, ski when it's ski season. Amazing. And, I, and I'm getting back into, I used to ride horses myself. So I've been having fun with my youngest daughter, getting back into going to the stables and helping her with that too. So that's been a lot of fun. That's great. Well, no, I, that advice is so important. If you, if you don't build in that family time, it's it's really hard to squeeze it in afterwards. Is is what I find myself. So so blocking it in there early is is great advice. And I think you filled us with a ton of that in general today, Jen. Thanks so much for for making the time. If those tuning in have enjoyed this episode, check out all the other great marketing leaders that we've spoken to on this podcast. Their careers, their buyer journeys, they're all unique. They're all available on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play. Check out Look for Marketer's Journey. Until next time, thanks a lot for tuning in. 
You've been listening to the Marketer's Journey podcast. Big thanks to our sponsors at Uberflip, who help you fuel demand generation with content for an accelerated buyer journey. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify at uberflip.com slash podcast or anywhere you listen to podcasts. 